0: It's that time of year, ladies and gentlemen. My favorite time to be an American, Thanksgiving. Thank you, Hashem, for Abraham.
1: Welcome to Consciously, a podcast focused on honest conversations for regular people seeking spiritual growth. Here's our host, Menachem Poznanski.
0: Hey, Consciously family, welcome back. Okay, here we go. It's our yearly annual, once a year annual, yearly, uh, the same thing. Okay. Uh, Thanksgiving episode, gratitude episode. Um, But maybe more, maybe we try to like connect in a different way. Uh, But I'm really thankful to be back here. I I think we've done a gratitude oriented episode every year around this time of Thanksgiving, which I love. I'm just such a big fan of Thanksgiving. I'm so grateful to live in a country, I look forward to the day we can all, all Jewish people can live in our in our homeland, uh, but however, in this uh, in this moment, I'm grateful to live, to be a patriot of this country, the United States, and uh, one of the things that exemplifies what's so special about the United States is Thanksgiving itself, which was instituted by my favorite American, my favorite American, Abraham the Great, L'Havdil um, Rebbe Abraham Lincoln. I'm so enamored by and so impressed with. Um, But before we get there, I want to thank you for joining the podcast, if I haven't lost you. Uh, Do us a favor, subscribe, give us stars, reviews, uh, let the bots know that we matter, but more importantly, share us with your friends if you think this episode, if it speaks to you or some of the past episodes and you think you have a friend who might benefit from it, share with them, do them a favor, pass this message on to whoever would hear it, but more importantly, invite them to this family, which I feel like we are. You can also check us out, all the different things, at uh, our website, thelightrevealed.org. And also you can check us out if you partake of social media, even at this time, when it's so clear how complex social media is. Um, Check us out on The Light Revealed on Instagram and on Facebook. I have to just give a shout out to my wife, Naomi, um, who is just remarkable. You know, she's, especially with what's going on, she's been trying to practice healthy relationship with things like Instagram, and and we've been communicating about it. It's been remarkable to see what a person can do if they kind of utilize the resources around them and realize the good that social media can be, but also realize its inherent danger and how creating accountability around it and creating limits can take something that can be so destructive and help it be something so powerful and meaningful. Um, But enough of that. Okay, so let's jump in. Okay, so... What I want to talk about today is the idea of Kavana, which is a Jewish idea, right? There's a, a statement of Chazal that says, Mitzvah below Kavana, Keguf below Neshama, that, uh, that a good deed, a divine action of positivity without proper intention is comparable to, as the sages explain, as the Svarim HaKadoshim explain, is compared to, comparable to like a body without a soul. Now, the harshness of that, i guess rhetoric that harshness of that language is that it's like a dead body is lifeless right on the one hand the body is full of the same life as it has when it's alive it has all the functions and the organs and the system that is in place but it lacks the the full life that is present within a human being that is alive right so so the idea that are getting across is that if you don't set intention there's a lifelessness to what you're doing. So part of the question that that brings up is just to try to understand why. Why is setting intention so important? We talked about the idea of having attention and setting intention and the meaningfulness of it, but if we were trying to bring these ideas into our own consciousness and to understand it, if I'm doing the right thing, why does it matter so much to Chazal, to the spiritual masters of Judaism, um, the the spiritual mas- masters who were teaching the, the spiritual potency of Judaism, that intention is really what takes something from a thing that's only material to being something that's that's much more, that has life in it, that has spirit in it. So the, the Holy Tanya explains a really, really powerful idea um, that really not just is inspiring, but also brings the conception to this idea and to really kind of bring it down to a really practical level that I think that was meaningful to me and orients towards our association of meaning and purpose and identity and how that relates to our everyday life. So the Tanya explains that Kavana, intention, when we said intention, and when when it's important to realize that when the, for this point, that when the Tanya talks about Kavana what he explains is, kavana is not necessarily like the symbolism behind idea, having in mind the symbolism behind an idea. Or like sometimes when I do a good act, let's say I'll give tzedakah, and I'm I'm having in mind that this is a kindness. And I'm trying to channel kindness into what I do. That's part of setting intention, right? Or I might contemplate, if I were have studied the the mystical or inner world of Torah, I might contemplate the power that tzedakah represents, how it, it is a reflection of God's kindness giving manifestation into this world. Part of what the, the Svarim HaKadoshim, the holy books teach us, the Tanya in specific teaches us, is that Kavana means having intention that in doing this act, I am acting as an agent of God in this world. So, separate from what I was saying before, it's not just so much like having intention that I want to be an agent of God, right, or I want to be a channel of chesed in the world, which is a good thing, for sure, right, having that in mind is for sure a wonderful thing, but the primary intention that Chazal, that the rabbis were talking about, when you do a good deed, is to realize, is to set intention that I am in doing this thing, I am doing it as an agent of something that is greater than me. I'm doing it as an expression of my relationship with God, as an expression of God's desire to have a dwelling space in the lowest world, and as an expression of what's being asked of me, and and what emerges from me as a reflection of my love and reverence for God. So that's Kavana. And what the Reb explains is that Kavana acts as a connector between our most ethereal self and our most manifest self in in kabbalah and Hasidus, there's an idea of a mamutza which means when you have two things that need connection but they're utterly separate from them there is always a middle thing between those two things that allows the two things which are separate to be connected because it has a piece of both right so like for example if i have two pieces of a broken uh object let's say a cup and those two parts need to be connected but they can't be connected because they're each separate things right they're not bl- bonded together so that if i find a bonding agent the way that a bonding agent works like a you know glue right is that it it absorbs one side and then absorbs the other side and then because it itself is its own thing so now it's connected to both sides and so now those things two sep- previously separate things become connected that's the idea of a mamutza. So what the Alter Rebbe, what the Balhatanya explains is that a kavana, and I want to unpack this further, but a kavana is a way to create a mamutza between ourself that is most ethereal and spiritual, theoretical, most related to ideas, and ourself that is most material, which is most connected to this world. Let's unpack that. So in anything that we do, anything that we have, right, we... We have a a material part, right? What we're doing, right? What I actually did. We have our meaning, why I do it, right? Why this particular thing speaks to me or why this is particularly present in my life right now or this is available to me because of the context that I live in right let's say like uh, a father makes lunch for his kid right so the what he's doing is making lunch and then the the meaning of it the why he does makes lunch is because he's a father and he loves his kid and it's the right thing to do and his parents made lunch for him or maybe his parents didn't make lunch for him and he wants to live out ideals that are higher than the ones that he grew up in so that's the two basic uh components of self the material and then the spiritual the meaning but there's another part of the self that's much deeper than that, which is what is the cause that we serve and represent? And this is really our mission and the the group religious identity that we have, meaning the father that makes a sandwich for his son or daughter, right? He's making a sandwich. That's what he's doing. That's the material. He's making a sandwich because he's a father, so therefore he makes the sandwich. But then he also makes a sandwich because he believes that fathers should make sandwiches. That's part of his philosophy of life. He is part of the group of people that believes that parents should enrich and take care of their kids. And then even more by extension, if he has a faith-based orientation identity, he believes that that's what God wants from him. God gave me this child, and what he wants from me is to love that child and to give to that child and provide for that child, right? Or he has, maybe it's not from a religious context, maybe it's more from a humanistic uh, context. So like, well, I'm going to make my son lunch because I want him to make his son lunch and I want him to make his son lunch to carry on humanity for the goodness of humanity, The point is, is that there's my material self, how I'm manifesting in the world practically. There's my meaning oriented self, which is like the why of why I do it. And then there's the cause that I serve and represent my sense of missionhood, the way the, the, the aspect in which I am part of a group and or religion, right. As an identity or also a adherent to a particular set of principles, right? So let's, Unpack further these parts of ourselves, right? So the first part, the material, represents who we are in terms of how we are actualized in the material realm of existence, right? The concrete impact we have and how we interact with others. Making a sandwich, the the meaning-oriented part, or the soul-oriented, our spirit-oriented part, is who we are in the sense of the good and purpose we carry out practically and how that serves our own sense. Of purpose and meaning right meaning like I want to be a good father I aspire to be a good father so therefore I'm going to make the sandwich right you think I made sandwiches this morning I didn't okay but whatever 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 reason that example popped into my head the last piece is who we are in terms of how we represent and actualize the purpose and mission of a higher cause the role we play as part of a cause that's greater than ourselves Right? Let's say by fulfilling the spiritual principles that we ascribe to, by fulfilling the spiritual principles that our parents pass down to us, that tradition brings us, and by carrying out principles that God gives us. Did I say that already? Right. But anyway, you get the point. Right? We become the 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 flag bearers of a cause greater than ourselves. So why I do the thing is because I make the sandwich because I made the sandwich, right? That's I'm a physical being that made a sandwich. And then I make the sandwich because I want to be the person that makes the sandwich, which is connected to all these things are interconnected one to the other, but they're kind of three categories or three expressions of self. But the reason why I believe that or in addition to the fact that I believe that, part of what informs that is that I am part of a of a of a of a of a group, of a missionhood, of a of a of an ideology. Right? I have an identity that relates to the group that I'm part of, or the cause that I'm part of, or the higher power that I serve that tells me to do this. And therefore, when I carry it out, the the purpose of that is not just that it's my group, but that when I carry that out, it's not just me doing it. It's now the group doing it. Meaning, when I carry out the mission of God, I am part of, as the Lubavitcher Rebbe framed it, I am part of the Tzivas Hashem. I am part of the army of God. I am part of the Jewish people. Right, So when I do good deeds right? The whole idea of, let's say, like, Kiddush Hashem. The whole idea of a Kiddush Hashem is that I do good deeds, I represent something more than just myself. It's not just that I'm impressing other people, but that as an agent of that, I represent the greater good, like in the rooms of recovery, for the listeners that are oriented there, sometimes you'll hear in the rooms of recovery people say things like, I might be the only big book that that person ever meets, the big book being the primary text of the 12 steps. So if I want to carry the message, which is the 12 step, right, carry the message of recovery, right, that person might not need to read the big book or have access to the big book or want to read the big book. But if I exemplify the spiritual principles of the big book, then I am in nature carrying that message, which is carrying out my role as part of a 12-step program, which is vital for the person's well-being, for the recovered person's well-being. Okay, so that's the ideas, right? So we have who we are in our material selves, we have who we are in the sense of the, the purpose and the good that we want to carry out, and then who we are in the sense of how we represent and actualize the purpose and mission of a cause that's greater than ourselves, What the Tanya is explaining is that when we set intention, and particularly like we said, the Kavana being setting intention for what it is that I'm trying to do, right? Specifically, I am making a sandwich because I am, I want to be, I aspire to be a kind person and as an expression of a God that calls me to be a kind person. When I do that, when I draw... That intention into my awareness and consciousness, I create a connection between the, all the parts of myself. I'm a mutzah between my material self, our meaning-oriented self, and our mission-oriented self. I'm creating a connectedness, a wholeness, a yichud between all of me, which is really an expression of God, because God is the ultimate unity. When I create unity between the parts of me, it doesn't just make me me. It makes me an uh, a part of something greater and whole, which is more than just being a soldier, right? I'm not just a flag bearer of a greater cause. I am the greater cause, right? I am now everything, every part of me, my material self, my spirit, and also the way in which I aspire to be part of a power greater than myself all become unified. And the intention, the setting of intention is what gives that life. Again, that's why Chazal said, Guf. Uh, because when you're only doing the physical mitzvah itself, you're only manifesting the material part of yourself. So it, it lacks truth because it's not all of you, right? That's what Chazar is saying is that you're not, you're not expressing all of you in this action. You're limiting the action to only a piece of you. But when you set intention, you're allowing that thing to have true life, meaning to be an expression of your life. Your material life, your meaning, your spirit, and as well as your sense of missionhood. Okay, so what does this have to do with gratitude and thanksgiving? Okay, so I'll tell you this, right? The problem that comes up is what do we do when we're cut off from the intention? What do we do when we feel disconnected from any of those things, from our sense of connection to our overall missionhood, the group that we're part of, or disconnected from our own sense of meaning, or even disconnected from our own physical selves, like like when we're feeling disassociated from our manifest reality? What do we do? Like when the hustle and bustle of life takes us away from even thinking about what's going on, or even more painfully, when the challenges of our complex reality disconnect us from our truest intention, leaving us bruised, battered, cynical, and pessimistic. When we look around the world and it seems so negative, it that cuts us off from all those different parts of ourselves, and we end up being... Kind of floating around. We have our material self, we have some semblance of our of our mission or our purpose. and then we also think feel like we're part of, but we're not sure what we're part of. It can feel very, very disorienting. So how can we reconnect ourselves with ourselves so that we can then set intention and act in good grace as a reflection of our whole selves? And the answer to that is gratitude. It's Thanksgiving. Gratitude is a tool that allows us to reconnect with our intention by drawing our attention back to the blessings that we have, to the fortune that is around us. It has, it's like an electric rod. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's, it's a bonder. It's like a a glue that allows a fractured sense of self to connect. Now, I'm not going to explain that in logic. I don't, that's not my intention today. That's not my intention at all. I would assume that there's a way to explain it, but that's not even in my mind right now The fact of the matter is is that it works the fact of the matter is from anyone who's Practicing some type of spiritual recovery that will tell you that gratitude is one of the most powerful tools To bring us back that even when we wake up on the wrong side of the bed, we're feeling most disconnected from our own reality We're feeling like like it's not gonna work out when you sit down and write out a list of gratitude it just has an electric value, a, a beautiful thing. I want to just give a little bit of a shout out. I was unfortunate, as I've told the audience before, to Davin and KMH, which is the, uh, the Shul and Lawrence or Yassi Zakatinsky, uh, the Rebbe over there, and, and a big part of the Chevro over there the thank you Hashem Chevro, particularly the Bloomstein brothers. their and their crew and i'm very even though i was i was like many people somewhat cynical about thank you for a long time i've i've come to like be utterly enamored and overwhelmed by how awesome they are and the good that they're doing for the jewish people in particular they just put out on their website um a gratitude journal it's a journal for for particularly rooted for a young person and it makes the process of gratitude they showed it to me they brought it over to me because They know that I'm very enamored by all this stuff. It's part of my book. My most recent book, Acceptance, talks about the value of journaling. They made it like uber user-friendly and very, very meaningful. It has spiritual um, blurbs to contemplate. It has prompts, different prompts for each day, connected in different ways, it's a beautiful piece of literature. It's really, really beautiful. I'm not sure what it costs, but if you're thinking about looking for a journal, something simple, something you could do in five minutes every day, it's they really did a beautiful job. Anyway, fine. Enough of a commercial. That's I don't make any. Uh, that, that's not. I wasn't paid for that commercial. It just happens to be. It just I was very, very enamored by it. Okay, so the question is gratitude. Well, There's no question, but gratitude is the is the connector that allows us to overcome both the 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 hustle and bustle of the day but also the 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 cynicism and the sense of being bruised and brat, battered and pessimistic because of what we're overwhelmed by and really the way that this connects with Thanksgiving is because the Thanksgiving that we really celebrate which was instituted in this country only in the 20th century is really a reflection of the second Thanksgiving that Abraham Lincoln established at the very, very tail end of the Civil War, which himself was a reflection of the Thanksgiving that George Washington established at the end of the Revolutionary War to celebrate the victory of the the American people. Okay, what's unique about Lincoln's declaration of a Thanksgiving is that two things. First of all, the Civil War is still going on. That's first of all, and I'm going to read an excerpt from his proclamation inviting Asking his fellow citizens in such a a way such an interior kind of thoughtful way to celebrate this holiday He is it's the war is still going on. There's still tragedy going on and He He also speaks to all Americans. He's very clear. He's not just speaking to those who are adherents to the north but rather all Americans even those who he sees as his enemies in the conflict that surrounded the Civil War, but who were his um, allies in the sense of bringing to fruition the American experiment and dream, right? which is remarkable. And what Lincoln talks about is the utilization of gratitude to reset ourselves to not be focused on what's wrong with our lives, but rather to be focused on what's right in our lives and then drawing us towards the awareness of our blessings and the way in which we are agents of a cause greater than ourselves. So he writes this. This is just a piece of the proclamation. It has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are... Are sojourning in in foreign lands, to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged and fervently implore the interposition of the Almighty Hand to deal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. Now, the reason why this excerpt is so powerful to me is that he's talking to people that objectively would seem to be his enemies. And he's drawing into awareness that while there is suffering that goes on, and while in many ways all of us have made mistakes, all of us have our sins, we can reconnect with the fact that we are the benevolent, we are the recipients of the benevolence of a higher Power of a God that gives us the blessing of what we have, and hope that in doing so, in reorienting ourselves to our sense of missionhood, to being part of a cause greater than ourselves, bring about opposite in a way that you would assume a sense of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union to a nation that it was far more fractured than even what we're seeing around us, even for those of us who feel so overwhelmed by the fractured nature of the reality that we live in. So thanksgiving, gratitude, is the point by which we reconnect. It's a tool that allows us to reconnect to humility and to the sense of connectedness to the mission that we have and the way in which we can carry out through, as he says, um, through bringing awareness and kindness to the widows, orphans, mourners, and sufferers, right, of, of the people that are suffering, right? So meaning by acting out good cause in material action, but also by connecting to our higher... Uh, the cause that we serve and the the ideals that we personally strive to that allows us to reconnect with our own truth, which is will be the healing, which will be the the medium through which healing will come. And I think there's tremendous wisdom in this. And I wanted to share that with you. It's that simple. So uh, so this Thanksgiving, I want to invite every anyone who's participating or not participating in the way that Americans celebrate, because I don't think it's about that. I don't think you have to eat turkey. Uh, or watch football in order to celebrate this, but just to take pause to anybody who's both here in America or those living uh, overseas, to take pause to the idea that no matter the darkness that we see around us, we, through acknowledging the grace that our lives are full of and the benefit that we have to be agents of God's glory, we have the opportunity to reconnect with our truest self and to harmonize ourselves more than with other people, with ourselves, to bring all the different parts of ourselves together and to be expressions of one truth, not as fractured as we often wake up. Uh, wishing everyone a happy Thanksgiving and, uh, and more importantly, a uh, wonderful, amazing, beautiful Shabbos. And most importantly, uh, a dream and a wish and a blessing that uh, we should come to the ultimate Shabbos Yom um, Shekula Shabbos with the coming of Mashiach whatever that means to you or whatever that means to me okay, have a great day
1: Thank you for joining the Consciously family Consciously is brought to you by The Light Revealed the social media publisher bringing messages of Jewish spirituality and recovery to whoever is looking for them. Consciously is made possible by the kindness of the Capellius family in memory of Zipporah Bas Ravaro. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can give us a review and subscribe wherever else you get your podcasts. We love connecting with you, so please check out our website, thelightrevealed.org. Feel free to email us at thelightrevealed at tlrfamily.org. Our producer is Morty Schwartz. Our social media content team is Zoe Poznanski and Tehilo Nasanian. The assistant to the regional co-host is Shmaya Honekman, and our music is by Eitan Katz featuring Zusha. Thank you for joining, and we wish you the most blessed day in only revealed ways.